0: Holiday season? Well, yes it is. And we are looking at a holiday, just the wrong one at the wrong time of the year. Or is it the crucifixion during this Christmas season? From Valley Bible Church in Hercules with Pastor Emeritus Phil Howard, this is Truth For Today. Welcome to the program, and yes, we are in a holiday season, and we have a holiday message for you. just happens to be the holiday of Easter, here in the middle of the holiday of Christmas. But, you see, both go together. That is the real reason for the season. Jesus came that he might die, and that's what we see here in John chapter 18. Jesus on Trial. Here's Pastor Phil Howard in today's broadcast of Truth For Today.
1: See, in the Jewish court, there were no lawyers. And it was the goal of all judges in a Jewish court to find a way to deliver you from a death penalty. That was their assignment. That was Jewish law. And the high priest was not to even have a vote because of his influence. But Caiaphas led the whole debate Caiaphas rendered the sentence. Caiaphas said he's guilty. Caiaphas says he ought to be killed. And Caiaphas was to be absolutely quiet. I'll give you five illegalities in the whole trial. Just five that a lawyer wrote up about what was wrong. I find no guilt. The Jews said, we have a law, and by that law, he ought to die. Because he made himself out to be the Son of God. He didn't make himself the Son of God. He was the Son of God. He was just telling them who he was. They wouldn't accept it. Therefore, when Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. And he entered into the praetorium again and said to Jesus, where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said, you do not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you? And I have authority to crucify you? Jesus said, you would have no authority over me unless it had been given you from above. For this reason, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. And that's probably either Judas or Caiaphas. Their greater guilt. And notice The sovereignty of God and the human response of men. You, Pilate, couldn't even sentence me to death if my father didn't want me here. I want to do a message in this series on who killed Jesus. Seven people are indicted. And God the Father was one of them. He participated in the death of the Son. And Jesus said, hey, Pilate, you're just doing what the Father's orchestrated. Now, you're going to be held accountable for your part in it. But guess what? The only authority you've got is what God gives you. And by that way, the only authority, the only position, the only privileges you've got, God gave you. He can take them any moment. God even put Putin in power. He even put Nebuchadnezzar in power. All the powers that be. You know, I go to the poll and I vote. And then I walk away saying, now God, the one you want in is going to go in. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Who won the last election? The one God wanted. Some of you just bailed out. You don't believe it. Well, don't have to. See, God's orchestrating the nations. God, He's going to. He's going to give us people what we want, even if it destroys us. Well, he goes on. Therefore, when Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place called the pavement. But in Hebrew, Gabbatha. When you read in Matthew, this is where he washes his hands in the basin. And the reason they washed their hands, it was the way of saying, I am not guilty of an innocent man's death. He wanted the audience to know, I was not for this death. I'm caving in to the religious authorities. I want to give them what they want, but I don't want to be charged. And so there, he's rendering the judgment. He washes his hands. Now, it was the day of preparation for the Passover. Look at this. Early in the day, about 6 a.m., it was about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. So they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, we have no king but Caesar. What a lie. What hypocrisy. You've been fighting Rome ever since they've been in town. You are unruly. You hate Rome. And now you're saying, if this is God's Messiah, we pledge our allegiance to Caesar. And what's amazing in Matthew, they cried out when Pilate is washing his hands. They said, Let his blood be upon us and our children. You know what happened in 70 AD? History says there were so many Jews crucified on trees, they were fought for the room to put another tree down. They stripped the land of practically every tree they had, and they hung a Jew on every tree they could. It was less than 35 years from this say Judge us. Judge our children. We can take it. Thousands of Jews died by 70 AD. And crucified. An abhorrible thought to any Jew. For no Jew could be crucified. No Roman citizen. Roman citizens. It was prohibited to crucify a Roman citizen. You only did the scum of the earth that way. And so he washes his hand. And he wants to be clear. Let me read to you. Walter Chandler. Walter Chandler, a lawyer. Wrote a book called. The Trial of Jesus from a Lawyer's Standpoint. Uh, His book was put out by Harrison Company. Uh, 1956 and he observed at least five infractions of Jewish law number one the trial was conducted at night totally against all Jewish legal proceedings you don't try people at night it has to be a daytime case. Imagine if your case came up in court. They said, well, we're going to meet at 9 o'clock tonight. We can't get a jury, but let's hasten you in here at 9 o'clock. You'd already know you're being framed. It's why Charles Coulson gave up on the death penalty. He said, there's so much crookedness before the sentence, I can't subscribe to it. Not that it's not the biblical prescription, but when you've got so many crooked lawyers, who's getting justice? Well, in this court, there were no lawyers. There were only judges that were supposed to be getting Christ off. And they all agreed, killing, crucifying. Two, it was conducted the day before a religious holiday, the Jewish Sabbath. They were never allowed, according to Jewish law, the Mishnah. You were not to try a man days before. You needed a big space You could not be on the eve of a religious holiday. And here they're on the eve of Passover. And on the eve of Sabbath. Three, it was completed in a 24-hour period. He was tried and sentenced within 24 hours. Jewish law says it takes at least two days to give a man a capital offense trial. At least two days. They had to hear it for one day. And then they needed an evening to think over... Okay, this is what they thought over in a Jewish court. We've heard all the evidence against you. We need all night so we can think of how to get you off. That was the goal of Jewish law. We've got to see if, we can, if there's any loopholes that we can get you to escape capital punishment. They stayed all night. Then they would take all the next day and sentence could only be carried out on the third day at least. They couldn't do this Here, because there's a religious holiday coming, we got to get him killed so we can worship. Fourthly, the conviction was by the accused's own testimony yes, I am the Son of God. Jewish law says no man is to die based on his own testimony. You've got to prove the charges. You've got to have the witnesses. And of course the Jews had witnesses. But their, their reports conflicted. They were hired. They told stories. And as you read the synoptics. They disagree with each other. You could not kill a man. Based upon his own testimony. You wonder why there's so many Jewish lawyers. They've been practicing it. Ever since Moses. They knew what justice was. It concluded, this is a very interesting feature of Jewish law. They say if all those who hear the case vote for the capital punishment, it's mob rule, it's a rigged court, it's invalid. You always had to have at least one vote against it. A unanimous vote they felt was fraudulent, was rigged. It broke at least that. And if you would read different men, Dwight Pentecost and the life of Christ, quoting Shepherd Farrar, you cannot believe all the incongruities of the law. The question is this, can God get a fair trial? And the answer is no. I write Acts, I was just reading, I'm going through the book of Acts, I was reading uh, Philip's message to the Ethiopian in Acts 8. And in the NIV, I love it. He quotes Isaiah 53. And this is the way they translate it. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Um, let me ask you. Can God get a fair trial in the court of human opinion? Listen. Listen. The scripture said that Messiah must be born in Bethlehem. Was he? Was he? He was to be born of a virgin. Was he? He was to be born in the house of David. Was he? Uh, He was to be preceded by a forerunner like John the Baptist who came in the spirit of Elijah. Did he? He was to do many works and miracles. Did he? He was to enter into Jerusalem riding on the back of an animal, a donkey that had never been ridden on before, and it won't buck. You know why? The creator's on the back of the donkey. Did he? He would be betrayed by a close friend, and according to Zechariah, the price would be 30 pieces of silver. Did it happen? He was to be a man of poverty and suffering. Was Jesus poor? Never owned anything in his life but the garment his mother made for him. Never owned real estate. He said, the birds are richer in real estate and property than me. I have no place. And when it's time to pay my taxes, I'll have to rob the mouth of a fish. That's poor. Don't go fishing, by the way. It won't work for you. Pay. Hey, he would be treated like a curse, and so, and we will consider him under a divine curse. Did we? Two, are there any witnesses as to who he is in this courtroom, the courtroom of human opinion? Uh, uh, do you own him? Do you own him at school, on the job, in your home? Uh, I, I brought a, the words of an old song that we used to sing. It's wonderful to be married to the same woman for so many years because we grew up on the same music. I'm trying to find it. It, uh, it goes this way. They tried my Lord and Master with no one to defend within the halls of Pilate he stood without a friend. Then the chorus goes. I'll be a friend to Jesus. My life for him I'll spend. I'll be a friend to Jesus until my years shall end. Are there any witnesses that you are listening to? Did you know there are millions of people in the earth right now that says he's Lord. He saved me. He changed me. He saved my marriage. He saved my children. He gave me eternal life. I was a pagan. I was not religious. I didn't care anything for God. I was going to hell as quick and as fast as I could. And I met this one called Jesus. He's turned me around. He's changed my life. Changed my marriage. Changed my destiny. I am a witness. He is Lord. He is Christ. And I am not ashamed of the gospel. Are you? Peter, where are you? I'm bailing out. I'm bailing out. I'm sad that he did. But he did. As far as I'm concerned, write him off. Write him off. You can't build a church on people that bail out that easy. But you see, God is gracious And God is forgiving. I don't care how many times you have blamed him or fell out, backslid, whatever you want to call it. He's a restoring God that says, come back. I'm not done with you, Peter. I'm going to still work with you. I'm going to still change you. Matter of fact, you don't know it, but you're going to preach on the day of Pentecost. Scary, some of the guys we let preach around here. You don't know the failures. You don't know what went in the background, and God still uses, just like he wants to use you. Quit living in your past. Moses fled from his past and ran right into his purpose. He's fleeing Egypt where he killed a guy, and he's right down here trying to run, run, run. And God said, I'm glad you showed up. Come over here by the bush. I'm going to talk to you. I've got something I want you to do. I'm I'm fleeing jail time. You didn't flee jail time. You ran right into your purpose. Some of you have been running from the past. If you'll stop running, you could find your purpose. God wants to do something with you, killer of an Egyptian. That's what's wrong with religion and church and legalism. No one's good enough to do anything for God. Let me tell you, if you're a hell-bound, rebellious sinner, you're good enough to serve God. God can change you, give you eternal life, clean you up, and turn you into his spokesman. This is the grace of God. You haven't been bad enough for God to keep from blessing you, using you, and making you a witness. Well, finally... I just think when Judas, I mentioned this. You can never profit from selling God out. You can never enjoy selling God out. One man told me on the break today. He says, well, he didn't really sell God. He sold himself. You remember what Jesus said? What if a man should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? They asked us about this one man that When he died, they said, How much did he leave? And they said, All of it. All of it. It's been a long time since we buried anybody in a U haul. You don't take it with you. You're going to just leave it all. And your kids are going to fight over it. That's why I've left my kids out of the will. I want family harmony. Sorry, I'm just lying. Bitterness was setting up immediately. (laughs) Remember this line. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will make you pay more than you want to pay. Adam and Eve. Remember the devil always keeps his fruit shiny. But the bite is full of death. It's still full of poison. I don't care how pretty it is. It can kill you. Don't dabble in sin, young people. I just tried a little bit of drugs. I never knew I'd become an addict. I just tried a little bit of sex. I didn't know I'd have two children out of wedlock and not no place to live. I just tried one daredevil thing. and We had that accident out there on the road. and I've been left injured all my life. We just were having fun. I just did it once. Judas, you had one chance him, and instead, you brokered a deal to sell him. And in the deal, you lost the money, you lost your soul forever, and you knew he was king of kings and lord of lords. I want to say this to you. Mankind has had its chance to judge the judge, but the judge will have the final say. For men will come before him at a white throne judgment, and he's going to open a book. And in that book, he's going to look, says, I'm just wanting to see if you ever acknowledge me as the son of God and you receive me. Just a moment. Wait, wait. I'm in the Smiths, kind of going, you know, I got to pick on some, you know, Brown, someone. Not, no Howard, please. <laughs> I, I don't find any record of your birth. I've never found any place where you said, I'm the son of God. I don't find any place where you ever received me. Well, that's, that's right. I didn't. Oh, and then he opens two other books, at least a set of books. And he has them over here and said, well, let me tell you every reason why I have for not letting you into heaven. Here's your sins. I've been recording them ever since some of you were two you started. But the big one started five. Right, you, you, you threw your bottle and hit your mom in the head, and he's going to have every sin right there. He's going to say, and some of you is going to take a whole book. Man, and and you're a church kid. You did all this. And said, there there it all is. Right there, you, you did all this against me. Broke all my commandments here. So this is why there's no room for you in heaven. Because you see, everybody in heaven loves the lamb. Everybody goes to heaven, loves me. Everybody in heaven says, I'm the son of God. You see, this is my house. I don't know anybody in my house. Only my family members get the house. I didn't build a house to house everybody in the neighborhood. I built a house for my family, and God's got a family as I got a house for you called heaven. Have you ever said, Jesus, I know you're Lord, and I know you're the ultimate judge. I'm in no place to judge you because you're judging me. And he's saying, Do you say I'm the Son of God? What keeps you from receiving me? I want to be yours. He came to his own things. And his own people did not welcome him. But to as many as welcomed him. He gave them the right to become the children of God. Even those born by the spirit and not of the flesh. I find no fault in him. I'm with you Pilate. He's not guilty. Don't cave in. But he did. Because they threatened to take him to Caesar. And the politics won, and he sent an innocent man to a horrendous death. How do you judge him? How do you judge Christ?
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spent in God's Word to encourage you, to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via US mail, or give us a call. As we close things out, I do want to turn things over to
2: our executive producer just for a moment. Here's Chuck Lattabodier. Hello, Truth for Today listeners. My name is Chuck Lattabodier, and I've been the executive producer of Truth for Today since we've been on there in 1996. There are a couple of needs I'd like to make you aware of. The first one is a prayer need. Our dear Pastor Phil had throat surgery recently, and the healing process has not gone as smoothly or as quickly as we'd hoped. And so we're asking you to remember, Pastor Phil, in your prayers that God would bring healing to his voice, that he might continue to proclaim the gospel using the tools that God gave him, his voice. The second need is a financial need because we haven't been able to do our fundraiser there is a financial need, and we continue to proclaim the gospel and we, because we believe that God's using it to build up the body of Christ, to encourage the saints, and to challenge those who don't know him, and to offer hope to those who are in need of hope. We want to continue doing that because we believe that God's word will never return void. That's what he said. So we're asking you to partner with us at this time. After you've met your financial obligation at your local church— Consider making a special gift to truth for today, this year, that we might continue to proclaim the truth for today. Thank you. Thank you, Chuck.
0: Your end donations are always welcome. One-time gifts, monthly gifts, large, small, it all makes a difference. Reach out to us. Your tax-deductible donation can be sent to 1511 M Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. You can also donate online, valleybible.org, or call 855-833-9864, 855-833-9864. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, may Christ be your truth for today.